Welcome to Fridays on the Fly. And I'm Rod. And I'm Ward. We are creative people, the creative projects. Sometimes we talk about that, among other things. Be forewarned, sometimes content or language may be inappropriate for children. Rod, you're back again. Back again. It's, it's like a, it, it's just like I never left. It does feel like that a little bit. <laughs> Halloween is soon approaching. I've made some progress in my costume, not as much as I'd like to, but every little bit helps. Yeah. And so, how many hours do you think you'll spend on this costume? I don't know. Have you ever tried? Have you ever tried to add this up? Have you ever looked back? No. I mean, guesstimating. Usually, it's. If I went upstairs and asked your wife, she could tell me, couldn't she? She liked it. <laughs> I mean, usually, like, if you look at the month of October, pretty much every night, every night is on the costume. Interesting. I, I did go back. I was curious last year how much time I spent last year, and the way I can track how uh, committed, or not necessarily committed, but how much time I spent on it, is I have a blog where I review movies. I'm like, well, I'm going to look at how many movies I reviewed last year, because if I reviewed one, I'm like, yeah, I was really busy on the Halloween costume. And I reviewed... 12 in the month of October last year, which is, you know, about how, how many I do on average for a month. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I like, and my recollection was I worked really hard last year and like, I really kicked it. And apparently I had some free time. Was last year the Mandalorian? Last year was Scorpion. Oh, that's time. right. I forgot. Yeah. Which really, I mean, it's, I feel like my last few years, like all have been like kind of very similar where I kind of, I did the Mandalorian. I kind of set a standard for how I do things, like some methods of how I do things. And the Scorpion, while it looks different, a lot of similarities. I mean, a few things are different, but like overall, kind of the same thing. And the costume this year, it's pretty similar. Do you use a lot of the same, like, just pieces and parts or the process to, not not like the, the same part over again, but like the same process for making a part? Yeah. So, I mean, I use foam, foam formats yeah. for a lot of the costume. Like the Mandalorian, I really kind of perfected that method. Did you of, say foam floor mats? Yeah. So, this is like what you would put. The little things have the little locked together. That's it. Okay. Like Harbor Freight has the cheapest price. Like I think it's like 10 bucks for four, which is like eight square feet or something like that. Hmm. And I just, I buy that and I really, I've got my method down of, you know, how to glue it, cut it, like shape it. And yeah. Interesting. I mean, I've I've thought about like, Oh, it'd be nice to get into like plastic and make it a little more durable, more realistic, but my stuff looks realistic and I'm getting a plastic. I'm just spending a lot more money. And the nice thing about foam is that you can, it can glue it and curve it so easily where if I'm making plastic, I either need a buck or a mold or something to get that curve or right. I have to buy it pre-made. And so I'm like, you know what? Foam hmm. works. Like most people think it's, if I, if I want to be metal, people think it's metal. So it's so you, I interrupted you. Were you going to get to an estimate of time? You, you, uh, did, you, you said you look back. Yeah. So I mean, time. I reviewed 12 movies. So that's at least 12 nights in the month of October. I was not costuming. Uh, but I would guess two to three hours a night. Probably 60 hours. Wow. 678 hours. I mean, I know the weekends are very busy. And so in the month of October, you would do two to three hours a night for 15, 20 nights. Yeah. Wow. It's like last year's Scorpion. I finished, like he has a, in Japan it's called a kunai, but it's a spear um, on a chain. And he like, that's his weapon. He throws it, throws mm-hmm. at you. I finished painting that. 20 minutes before I was to leave to go to where I was going. <laughs> That's funny. And like the Mandalorian that year, um, I finished that the night before and that entire day, whenever I wear the mask, I felt like I was getting a contact high because there's so much glue in there that was still setting. <laughs> that I was like, I can't wear this for too long. Oh man. So yeah, most of them are like right up until, I remember when I did Ghostbusters, that I was still working on that 3 a.m. like the morning of when I was going to go. 
just makes me wonder what you could accomplish if you redirected yourself. You accomplish, I mean, not that your costume, your costumes are quite an accomplishment. For people who are listening to the podcast and have never seen any of your posts, they need to go look for some of your posts to find your. Are they? I, I would. Are they usually in like Ward Works or something like that? Where would where would? Yeah. So be? my website for these is, uh, what is it? With wardworks.blogspot.com. Okay. A lot of it makes its way to instructables.com, which is like kind of a catch-all how-to website. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's funny. My son actually like was telling me this week. He's like, you know, it's really funny. Like so many people are like asking me like, what are you going to be for Halloween? It's like people really follow you and what you make. It's like, well, yeah, I, yeah. I go a bit over the top compared to the average person. <laughs> that would be the understatement. A bit over the top. Well, uh, yeah, it's just it's a it's a great excuse to do something I wouldn't normally do. Yeah, and I can say that I have award or at least contest winning. Contest winning costumes. Not that I've won any, but Eric took one to a costume contest, like some comic book thing, and he won second place. Wow. He he said he threw the award in the trash because he thought he should have won first. The, the people that won were it was no good. <laughs> it was political. It was fo- it was fixed. That's he got what he there. was saying. But uh, yeah, I mean, and I did have that same costume I wore to a, like the elementary school would do a like Halloween thing. And some guy there who told me he ran one of the like area haunted houses was wanting to hire me to make costumes for him. And I was, you know, I thanked him. I was like, Oh yeah, we'll touch base. But in my mind, I was thinking there's no way you can pay me what I would need to be paid to make you costumes for Halloween. So if it is the area place I'm thinking of, they might, <laughs> I mean, have you seen their reach? Are you talking about, the place over there on... I don't even remember where he said... Who he said he was with. But just like... What I got from him... I just... I, I didn't get the feeling that... It'd okay. be worth my time. Well, there's one, you know, that near my house. And... They have billboards up. Uh, they had billboards up Labor Day weekend. Wow. Um, we saw... And so... Th- this thing is in the a rural area... And they had billboards up in Raleigh and in Charlotte. Because mm. I drove from Raleigh to Charlotte, and I saw a billboard within 10 miles of center city of those two cities for this uh, haunted trail. And, mm. and the billboards around here, there, I mean, there's bunches of them. We went to um, Hillsboro the other day, and so in Mebbin, so that Mebbin is nearly an hour from this haunted trail, and there's a billboard. And it was one of those billboards that's got stuff sticking out, oh, really? sticking out of the billboard. So we're not talking about a twelve hundred dollar billboard. I mean, we're talking about a twenty five hundred dollar billboard. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they they may pay you what you think what you would need. I'm gonna have to circle back. I yeah. used to, like when we first moved here. My wife and I. She's not a fan of haunted houses, but uh, my like, wife is freakishly afraid of that stuff. You know, we had we had uh, like two two different couples. Like we would all. This was before kids, like before yeah. responsibilities in life. Back when you. life was good. Yeah, you know, carefree <laughs> when you're in your 20s. We'd go like to, yeah, I don't know if we went to one or two. We'd like go to like the big haunted houses and, you know, then like the first couple gets kids and they're out. And then the second couple gets kids and they're out. And it's like, just as always like, well, I was only going to the haunted house because we were with everybody else. I don't want to go with just you. <laughs> and I, now we don't go, which is okay. And so I'd always wanted to be, um, be on the other side of the haunted house, be one of the scare scares, yeah. whatever employee type people. Right. But I was, I was afraid they'd want me to commit for, you know, the month. It's like, I just want to do it for a day or two. So 
I was talking about the elementary school and they did the Halloween thing. They would do a little haunted house thing. And so a few years ago, the year that guy asked me to make costumes, as like they asked me like, Hey, would you want to do the haunted house? I was like, You bet I would. Wait until you see me. So I'd always wanted to do that. And I just didn't want to commit the time because I didn't know what kind of time they'd want me to commit. And that was like it's one night, one Saturday. I was like, I can do that. That is the perfect amount of time. And so I got that feel because it was it was fun to do that because you have people like going through this haunted house and it is for being an elementary school, it was really well done. But I got to perfect, like, how do you scare people? Like, what do you do? Because, you know, at first I thought, like, you know, you got to be loud and, like, in your face. And I actually know it works better if you're very quiet and, like, just staring. Like, you kind of perfect that, like, how sure. you really maximize scaring people. Right. Because I really wanted to make somebody wet their pants. I did not get there, but I sure was hoping. Yeah. Hmm. That, uh, I, I think I've mentioned it on here years ago. The only time I ever had any kind of good experience, because I, I, we don't do Halloween big, but I've dressed up as the Grim Reaper and my wife wanted to go to this Halloween party with these friends of hers from school, not my school, her school. And I didn't want to be there. <laughs> I didn't know these people and I don't like going to parties anyway. So I'm dressed up like the Grim Reaper. I've got this big hood on my face is painted underneath. And so and with the hood on and my face painted, I mean, you can't tell who I am mm -hmm. and you barely see my, any features of my face at all. And I ended up, I just like my wife went off to talk to somebody and I was just standing there in the living room and, it, and you know, parties, people move around and all of a sudden everybody just like, like, just like moved on. You know, it was just, it didn't, it wasn't like on purpose. It just happened. And I didn't move. I was just standing there. And then somebody walked in the front door and I didn't even notice it. There was this dude dressed up like the devil <laughs> and he was sitting in a chair next to me. This dude was like, like five eight five nine, he probably weighed 130 pounds. And he was wearing one of those red, silky, tight knit things that was head to toe and then something on his head or something like that. And he was sitting over in his chair in this goofy little legs crossed, you know, kind of pose. And I'm standing six or eight feet away from him as the Grim Reaper. And somebody walks in the front door and neither one of us speak to, speak to him. <laughs> they just walk in and walk by us. And I could hear them in the kitchen talking. Have you seen the, what are they, what's up with these two people in the living room? The devil and the Grim Reaper in the living room. And it's really creepy. And, they, and so neither one of us, we never spoke to each other. We didn't move for like an hour. We just sat there. People would come in and they would just look at us. They wouldn't speak to us, but they would plainly move away from us. And so nobody was in the living room, but the two of us for like an hour. That's awesome. Yeah. My twisty costume. Like that was when Eric won the costume. costume oh, that was, that has to be, I mean, First of all, scary. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you don't even have to know who Twisty is. You just see the costume. It's, it's a clown, a, like scary clown. It, is, gets it is horrendous. It is. Like I've said it before, like that's just the only costume where it was such a visceral reaction. Like I would walk somewhere and just the crowd would part. Like yep. I never had to push my way past anything. Like it was like the Red Sea party everywhere <laughs> I went. And it just, it, it just tickled me so much because everywhere. Um, I would I, assume that you would have had lots of people wanting to picture with oh, you. Oh, there were a lot. And like, there were like, the crazy thing is like, I'd have people like, one couple I remember distinctly, and they, well, they weren't the only one, but that's what I remember. They were pushing their baby like into my arms, like, take a picture of the baby. And the baby is like wailing his head off. The baby is not happy about this. I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm trying to stay in character, but like, eventually I have to break character. like, I'm sorry, your baby does not want to be here. I don't want to hold your baby. Like, I thank you. Like, you can just stand next to me, hold your baby. So, besides that, like, having to do that with the baby, did you, did you speak to people when you're in costume? I know, I know. No. Like, I love to be in character for the costume. Nice. So, I would just, like, people like look at me and talk to me. I just stare at me, glare at them. Now, see, that would be fun to me. Because, you know, I, you know, I'm the guy that, you know, like today I'm, I, I, I'm go walk, 
it's common for me to walk around town. I go to the bank. It's a half mile from my office. It's 72 degrees and sunny outside. I walk to the bank. And, you know, I pass somebody on the sidewalk. I don't want to speak to them. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know them. They don't know me. We're never going to see each other again. But I just feel compelled to say, hey, how's it going? I would, I would love to have on a costume so I could just glare at them and walk by them and not say anything. <laughs> that would do it. One costume I did was um, from Netflix show Troll Hunters. And I did, that is really the only costume that I didn't finish that to me like was grossly unfinished. But to the average person, like they didn't know. Because what it was, like the, the skin was like this knit, gray knit material. So most mm-hmm. of it looked finished. But what I wanted to do was do this rubbery, like kind of like reptilian type skin on it. Mm. And that would have t- taken it to the next level. But as it was, it looked cool. Yeah. But I always wanted to do a really big costume. I think like I was like seven foot eight, <laughs> eight foot tall, like all in, like, cause I had platform shoes that like with this character had like these big, like tree trunk feet. Was this? this yeah, that, that this one? one. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like seven foot eight, eight foot tall. Yeah. Like, I loved it. It was huge. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I just remember the, uh, the, the, the helmet, the hood, the head being just massive. Yeah. And like that, you know, had, like I had the LEDs cause that's, I learned LEDs on that one. So like I had LEDs like all wired in the arm. Cause like with this, he's like this spirit, spirit type thing where like his soul's glowing out. Like the eyes had LEDs. And yeah. That was a lot of fun. Learned a lot on that one. Hmm. And like it made cool. my muscle suit. I really need to make a video. Like last year, Eric wanted to borrow that costume. One of his kids did. And so I was like, well, I'm going to put on the muscle shirt just to see. And I really need a video of, I got in it and out of it by myself. That was a thing <laughs> to see. I felt like getting out of, I felt like Houdini getting out of straight jacket getting out of that thing. Wow. Cause it just like, it is so, tight yeah uh maybe this year i'll like take a video of halloween because it (laughs) it was like after i'm out of it like i'm panting and like you know sweating because it is a i was like i may have to wait for somebody to get home to get this i may be stuck in this (laughs) thing i like that all right i'm gonna switch topics university of virginia they have and i I went to the university of virginia which is why this is uh you know caught my eye they have the honor code and it's always been for years and years and years single sanction you cheat you're out. That's it. And so there's been contention. There's been different votes over the years of whether to change the san- the single sanction. Um, and this year, they changed it to where... I know at one point... I don't have the article in front of me. I may be mi- missing some of this. But I believe they had informed retraction over the past maybe 10 or 15 years where if you did admit to cheating, you would not be kicked out. You could just excuse yourself. Something like that. But anyway, they changed single sanction to where now if you were caught cheating... You are, exp- I don't know if expelled is the right word, their terminology, but for two semesters, you're not going to be attending the school. And then you can apply to come back. Wow. And so, this, I mean, I read a very good article that kind of talked about pros and cons and how the tide has been shifting for years. And that basically one, like the whole thing kind of broke wide open where a teacher found that dozens and dozens of students over decades have been cheating his class. And yeah. despite all like technology able to catch it, they just he hadn't caught it, and somehow he caught it. And his thought was that, you know, the fact I think if I remember the article correctly, that some people admitted to cheating and they were excused. Um, some people had like just gone on from the university, like it didn't even matter. They graduated, they were done. Uh, I think they had one holdout who never admitted to cheating, and was they didn't have <laughs> enough evidence to convict him. So like you got so. It. I want to do something we might have never done on the podcast before. Oh, I love it. I, I want to phone a friend. Okay. I want to call somebody. So th- so I, I didn't know this was going to be a subject. Yeah. I, I have. I'll, I can show you my text message. I did not tell my, this person I'm calling that you said this. I believe I can. I, I, 
I won't even preface it. I'm going to call this person on speaker. I won't even preface what I'm going to say so it can be totally spontaneous. I think I'll get a, a response that will be amazing. So let me, okay. let me try. I'm going to put it on speaker. Hello. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. So I am podcasting with Ward. Oops. Uh-huh. So, and say say hi. And so you're, you're on speakerphone on my microphone. So say hi to the world. Hello, world. So we're doing a subject, and I I think I can get you to answer a question in a way that will be so funny. There is so there is a university that I I'll not name. That um, so the the person I've called on the phone, I've called my son. My son is a collegiate golfer. Okay, and um, uh, there. Just recently, we have learned, I think within the last, maybe the last few months, we have learned that there really is a university that is specifically known as the Cheaters. Do you the Cheaters? Yeah, the Cheaters. There's a university, it's like, yeah, we know somebody went to school there. Well, yeah, of course they went to school there because they're a cheater. What's the school? Do you remember? Like a college university or yeah. just... Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a it's an ACC school. Oh, you remember this? So we've got a so you you knew a friend we know to be a cheater, and he ended up at school here, and it's like, well, of course he went there. They're cheaters. Do you remember that discussion? I don't. Do, do you're you're live. You're live on air. Millions of people, millions of people could be listening. I feel like it's closer to dozens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're 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 still guessing high. <laughs> um, oh, I I have a fellow collegiate golfer that might have a good guess. Okay. Hey, let me ask uh, real quick, just one second. Okay. So this, I I knew he would get it. I knew he would say <laughs> it. Just, Virginia? Yes. Did you hear that? Yeah. Okay, that's all I needed. Thanks. You're so th- this school is known to be the cheaters. So yeah, it's so, very- and so it's completely different from exactly what you were saying. But you started saying UVA and cheaters, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is like we go to golf matches, and people say, oh yeah, I better keep an eye on them. Oh, you're playing with that school? Keep an eye on them. They're a bunch of cheaters. So is it cheating in the realm of the sport, or yeah, like- in the sport? In- okay, but so it's it's different than what you're talking about, but it's. I mean, you cheat one way, you cheat the other way. That's just so funny. So, like, is, is they cheating like they're doing steroids? Is steroids no, no just like, you know. So he's roided out UVA people <laughs> golfing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's been, like, single sanctions have been a big thing. And so they finally voted to overturn it. You know, that if you are convicted of cheating, you're expelled for two semesters. I don't know if that's their terminology, but that's the point. Yeah. Uh, and so it's very interesting. Like, I actually, it, you get drafted kind of like you do in the real world. Like, um... To be a juror, right? You, yeah, you get drafted. So I got to be a juror one time, and you know I wasn't sure what drafted. I, like you don't have any choice. You're well. It's it's kind of like jury in the real world. Like you know, yeah. you, you come okay. up with an excuse, you try to get out of it, you know. But you right. really, it's kind of gotcha. tough. Okay. Uh, but I was like, I was excited because I'd heard about this. I wanted to know how this thing played out because, and so my case was, I don't want to say disappointingly simple, but you know, it was. It's not like we got to argue over the verdict. Like the verdict was clear from. You know, minute one when the person said, yes, I cheated. It's like, okay, I think this is going to be cut and dry. <laughs> but uh, this person, like, they had left the university. I, I don't know when their I don't know when their case was 
where like the teacher submitted the case, but they had been away from the university for like a year and a half. The teacher had been away from, like had gone to, had was at another university. So like, this was like, this was back in the day before we had teams and all this. So like it's phone calls. It's amazing. Like, it might've been dialed up phones. And <laughs> you know, the person said like, yes, I cheated. You know, the teacher said, yes, they cheated. And it's very cut and dry, but they did. The student had an advocate, like a student advocate. Like, I guess, I don't know. It's been a while ago. I guess you, you could join like the, honor whatever and be the advocate for the student but this person didn't have much to do because like i said in minute one the student said yes i cheated <laughs> uh and so it's like so there's no debate because it's single sanction if they cheat it's done like there's nothing to argue so our verdict was yeah they cheated i guess they're out and so i didn't feel bad about it because you know those were the stakes it's not like there was no arguing like you cheat you're out right and so part of this article i read and this i think this was like the university alumni magazine because i get it because i'm an alumni and the person saying that basically what the status of it was up until this vote was that people just would not turn in cheaters. And that instead of creating this, uh, this community of trust where people didn't cheat or like, you know, you see so much and you admit it, you just, you turn a blind eye. And it's, hmm. it's just interesting. I mean, yeah. I, I never really considered the ramification of this, you know, it's just, you go there, you make the, it. you make the penalty so harsh that even people that despise cheaters don't want to turn them in because it's such a harsh penalty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that definitely plays into it that, you know, Interesting. you're going to kick somebody out of school. Um, and only once in my, twice in my life, I think I've felt, I've asked myself the question of, should I cheat? And only once at university of Virginia. And, um, I didn't not cheat because the single sanction that wasn't even a thought in my mind is just, I'm not going to cheat. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite how grossly unprepared I was for that test. <laughs> that did not go well, but uh, I didn't cheat. But like, I br- briefly crossed my eyes. Like, there's a lot of people around me. If I crane my neck like just slightly, I probably could get an answer. But I was like, Nah, I'll, uh, I'm gonna dance with a girl I brought. Yeah, she hmm. didn't dance too well. That's okay. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's just it's interesting, uh, and it makes sense because you know I was thinking when I turn in somebody, you know, I'd much rather kind of turn a blind eye because I don't want to be the reason somebody gets expelled. I mean, that, that is a very harsh penalty. Yeah, and I get it. Like, I get. You know, cheating is bad. I'm not saying it's not, but you know, like I, I had that moment where I, was, I considered cheating because you know, you things are dire. You know, I mean, especially I'm sure UVA is still very competitive. But, I mean, I thought I was pretty smart. I went to UVA and I realized I ain't all that smart. <laughs> yeah. I, I was a, I was a big fish in a small pond. This yeah. pond got a lot bigger. Yeah. And uh, I was telling my son this week actually that uh, I'd gone back to my high school after my first year, and I was telling like the hardest high school class I had. I was telling that teacher, I was like. You know, oh, I know. My mom had texted me that a teacher died, and I thought it was one teacher that was a teacher in my hardest class. Turned out it wasn't it was a teacher I didn't even have. Uh, hard, <laughs> their names are hard to remember twenty years later. And I saw my son like, you know, this teacher. He had, he was the hardest class I had in high school. And when I came back to high school after one year in college, I was like I wish my easiest class at UVA was is your class. Like yeah. the class are just way beyond. I mean, yeah. I I I remember having that realization when I you know in you know I. So the year when I graduated high school and we were in a relatively small county, I graduated from one of the biggest high schools in the state because we only had two in the whole county. And I had 468 kids in my graduating class, and this was back in 85. And so that was one of the biggest graduating classes in the state. And, you know, and I was, you know, BMOC. I mean, you know, I knew everybody. Everybody knew me. I was in the toughest classes, made straight A's, you know, popular with the girls kind of thing, you know, and I go to college and I am nobody. <laughs> I mean, I am nobody. 
Nobody knows me. Nobody cares who I am. I am on my best day. I'm average in my classes. It's like, huh? This is not, this is not any fun. I had one class that you're just like, I've never had anybody get lower than A in this class. All my years of teaching. I popped that bubble. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I, like in high school, I was considered smart. Yeah. So it's not like I'm a dummy. Uh, it was just, it was a rude awakening. And so as far as grades go at UVA, I would say my proudest accomplishment is that I finished UVA with a 3.0 GPA. I did not have a 3.0 until the final semester. Wow. I was sub three. And like, so I did it the other way around. I started out high and I was, I, I was, my, I was digging my nails in at about like a 3.2 as I slid into graduation. <laughs> it is. I mean, it is like, it doesn't sound like all that bad. Like, Oh, I got to 3.0, but like, I had such a hill to climb to get to that. Wow. Because uh, I started rough. And so 3.0 may not sound like much, but I'm very proud of it because I worked my butt off to get there. And yeah. it took me, four, <laughs> luckily it only took me four years. They tried to, they, UVA tried to prevent me from graduating two different times. Good grief. But I, I made it because hmm. I was I was not going to spend any more time there than I had to. I had to get <laughs> out. Uh, but it, you know, it, just, it took me a while to figure out like what to do, how to do, and it didn't help that as in a major I didn't want to be in. And I didn't realize that until I was three years in. And at that point, I was like, well, I'm not changing majors because this is going to be Wait, four years. So what did you end up majoring in? Uh, I majored in architectural studies, which okay. is basically like there's architecture. And it's like, oh, I don't like you realize third year and you don't want to do that. So you do architectural studies where it's like basically just kind of skip that last year of architecture classes. Mm -hmm. Because I had a teacher, I had a professor told me like, you don't belong here. You don't belong in this program. I'm like, it's third year, man. Like, I ain't switching programs. <laughs> We're going to have to figure this one out. <laughs> funny but uh so i think that covers the single sanction thing but yeah. I, I was excited to do that because I, I was curious to see what it was just like uh, a number of years ago i was selected to be a juror in this county and i was excited i was like oh I'd be on jury like and yeah you know, like the whole experience was a lot of fun because you know you start in the courtroom and it's a bunch of people there and they're like weeding people out and you know they ask you all these disclaimer questions of like you know can you know what the law is whatever and like you know you have like I assume this is a rather simple. Have you ever been jury jury selection? I've never been selected as a jury. My wife's been selected like four times. Uh, so I assume this is a very typical experience. But uh, I'll, I'll walk through it really quick. Like, Wait a second. I, th I think for purposes of a listening audience, yes, I've been selected as a juror <laughs> over and over again. I hope never to be again. Uh, <laughs> so like in the courtroom, like you know, you're actually like, is there anything that's happened, you know, to you with the police that would make you um, unbiased? And like you get one person like. I believe in marijuana. Marijuana should be legal. Like, this is before it's legal. Like, yeah. marijuana should be legal. Everybody's like, okay, you can leave. Like, you know, you have somebody like, they don't want to be there. And right. they're making it very clear. So I got selected because I was like, I'll do whatever you want. I want to be on the jury. Like, I want to do it. Let's do it. Uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't that adamant because I didn't want them to think I was You know, the attorney, the attorney's just like both those people. Yeah. Uh, so I was, I was like, I did everything I did. I didn't want to seem over eager, but man, I was, I was like, whatever you want me to say, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Yeah. Like, whatever. So Funny. I got to be on the jury and I, the case was a trip and a half. Um, and I can't talk about this because I asked the attorney, uh, what is like the state? He's not the attorney, but the DA. The DA. Yeah. I was like, I asked him like, at the end, I was like, can I talk about this? He's like, hey, the case is done. You can talk about it to whoever you want. I was like, sweet. <laughs> can't wait. Uh, so it was a drug case and it was like a father and a son who were growing weed in their backyard. Can't believe they were caught. I like, it's stunning. You know, you grow weed in your backyard and you get caught. Yeah. Like, who'd have thought? Like, um, <laughs> So the guy's lawyer, I can't, I'm, I'm going to miss some of this. It's been a long time. Um, but the, the guy's lawyer's arguing that, cause I think, 
I don't know if he's arguing for the father and the kid or just both, but it's something that the father did not know it was weed. The father had a vegetable garden, didn't know there was weed growing in the corner of the garden. Um, and, but there are also lots of shady cars that would come around at night around this area. Um, and I was really curious. Like I was, I wanted to follow that, that thread. We never mm. got there, <laughs> never got there. And I really want to know, um, we rendered the verdict without ever following that up. Um, because when the kid gets on the stand, uh, I don't know if the DA or the lawyer, or somebody asked him something. He's like, Oh yeah, it's my weed. Every jaw drops. <laughs> Every jaw drops. He was not supposed to say that. He was not supposed to say, yeah, that's my weed. Uh, Cause you know, the DA, like their whole case, was like there's all this drug paraphernalia in his room. Well, you know, he shared the room with somebody else in the house. Uh, and, but yeah, that, that is like, they, we had a recess yeah. at that point. We had a oh recess. My goodness. I mean, it was, it was trip. So then we, then like, we keep going. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm ready to decide. Yeah. Well, I can't remember, but the first day we listened to it, the, let's see. I don't know. I don't know if we start. I think the first day was just selection. The second day was the case. At the end of the second day, we were deadlocked. And the judge said, great, you can come back tomorrow and figure it out. And <laughs> I can't remember why we were deadlocked now. <laughs> it might've been, it might've been about the father, about whether he was involved or not. I don't know. Yeah. Either way, we eventually rendered a verdict. Um, one of the jurors was like, well, you know, we actually don't have to, charge them with a crime you know we can make a stand and just not charge them for weed i'm like remember that when i asked you in the beginning can you uphold the law and you know sir yeah. like we answered yes to that well, i'm not here to make a stand yeah uh, but it's funny because there's a bunch of people there i guess were self-employed they were complaining about you know having to take like missing work for jury duty and how sure. like you know what you pay for jury duty like didn't yeah. cover it i didn't say anything but like my i still get paid for my work if i'm yeah. on jury duty like i hope this thing lasts two weeks man let's go <laughs> i want to get oj simpson on this thing i want to be in this for the long haul yeah. like, so i'm getting paid by work the the court's paying me too. I mean, they pay me basically nothing, but sure, you know, the experience they could pay me nothing. Experience is yeah. worth it. Uh, well, I, I I mean, for a long now, my business is really stable now. If I were gone now for a week or two or whatever it was, I, you know, everything would be fine. But I mean, there's been periods in my in my career that had I gotten into. I mean, my wife was in a case that lasted um in two three weeks wow and um i'm thinking i i i don't know what would have happened there have been times in my career it's like i I could not have been gone from my office for that period of time um and knowing me i would have used the the mulligan that oh well i I can't do it this week and they called me the next you know month or something like that i would have used it to play golf and then when they called me i was like oh now i gotta go (laughs) but i so I have been called to jury duty once. We had moved from Wake County to Nash County uh, right after college. And I got called in Wake County um, the month after I had moved. And, you know, I called up and I said, I, I, live, in, I live in Rocky Mount. I'm, I'm two hours away. And they said, have you registered to vote? And I said, no. And I said, go register to vote and send us, because that's how they use voter records. Mm -hmm. So go register to vote in Nash County, send us a copy of your voter registration card, and we'll excuse you. That's the only time I've ever been called. Hmm. My wife went for a span. She was called three times in 13 months. Holy cow. And there's nothing she could, I mean, uh, other than making something up, they said, well, it's random, and you, if you're called, you're called. Oh, yeah. My recollection was that they had said yeah. when I did it that if you'd been called within the last year that it was supposed to be like two or three years or something. Something, yeah. 
but they told her, so well, you know, it's they go through this thing and it was crazy. Now, two of those times she never, one of the times she never even had to report. Mm-hmm. They would call this phone number and they would, I can't remember now how exactly how it worked, but they would call this phone number like Monday morning or Sunday night or whatever. And it would tell you if you had to report. And I think two of the times she didn't even have to report. She got the letter mm-hmm. and she had to like be ready to be out, but um, she didn't even have to report. Yeah. I, I was, so I do some, I have to go to the courthouse. In fact, I got to be at the courthouse tomorrow. So first I'll probably be there from nine to one or 1230. Um, and so I, I volunteer in a, in a, something that gets me in the courthouse about maybe once or twice a month. And with my rental properties, we've talked about that before I go process evictions and that's about every other month. I hate being in the courthouse. It's, there's no greater waste of time in the whole wide world. I was sitting there one day thinking, you know, I don't know what attorneys make, but you know, people don't go get a law degree so they can work for, you know, chicken scratch. You know, they're, they're making decent money. I would think even bad attorneys are making decent money. And I'm looking around and there's like 20 attorneys in and out of this courtroom all day. And there are probably 30 county employees in and out of this courtroom all day. And then the judge and uh, law enforcement and stuff like that. And there are um, uh, five courtrooms in our county. And I'm sitting here and so you got a lot of time in a courtroom. And I'm adding this up, not including turning the lights on and stuff like that. Just the people sitting in the courtroom um, I, I came up with some just ridiculous figure or something like um, it was several thousand dollars an hour. And that's just to operate the courtrooms themselves. That's not including all the other stuff going on. It was several thousand dollars. I think it was like nine. That's the number that comes into my mind. I, I can't really justify that right off the bat. It's like $9,000 an hour <laughs> in our tiny little rural county to operate the courthouse. That's, and most of the, most of the time, there are times is the volunteer thing that I do. There are times that everybody is just sitting there waiting for an attorney to show up. And we could, there's been times we've sat there for 15 minutes, nobody doing anything. We're just all sitting in the room because another attorney, you know, he may, he may be down the hall doing number two. He just, (laughs) I don't know where he is, but nobody's looking for him. We're just waiting for him to walk in the door. It's, uh, I can't stand being in the courtroom. Wouldn't mind being on a jury if it didn't take me out of my office. <laughs> yeah, the jury wasn't bad, but like, it's one of those things where like, I've done it. I'm not sure I'm going to get as fun of a case the next time. Yeah. There's just no way. So I got one other subject I wanted to bring up. You got something you need to do? Nope. So uh, you watch a fair amount of, or at different times you've talked about it, you watch a fair amount of stuff on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I know like Eric says, that's like his go-to where... I might watch network TV or ESPN. He watches YouTube. I got interested in this channel. So I got interested in um, sailing because I bought a sailboat. And so I got interested in sailing. I was looking for how-to videos and demonstration videos. And, you know, one thing led to another. And then I, I realized, you know, there's channels on there dedicated to people just making video of their 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 sailing experiences and stuff like that. 
And I, and so I got So I watched this one channel. It's called Sailing Uma, U-M-A, Sailing Uma. And it's this young couple. And the the title of the episode, I can't remember the, the word title. And then it says, Step 274. And so I'm, I, I watched this episode. It was pretty cool. And I thought, huh, that's pretty neat. And I watched another episode. I was like, wow, that's pretty neat. And they make a few comments about their backstory in, in one of the episodes. And I thought, huh, I wonder if I can rewind this. And so I go, look, well, they don't, they don't load episodes. They load steps. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching 278, 279, 280. They started with step one. <laughs> and so I go back to the beginning. And so this is, so I, I, I was watching these. They were up to the minute six months ago. And I go back. Step one was loaded in 2014. Wow. Or 2015. 2014 or 15. I don't remember now. And this couple graduated. Um, I can't remember the university. Something like Stanford or something. And they both, they didn't want to um, go do the adult thing. They, they didn't want to just get in the grind. And they came up with this idea that they wanted to sail the world. And never having been on the ocean, never having touched a boat, they begin educating themselves and they find a boat for sale and they go buy a boat. And they completely remodel a sailboat and put it on the water. And I, so I, I'm four or five years in, they've made kind of two trips down into the Caribbean. And um, it is, so it is really fun because, you know, in step one, I mean, when I, early on, they were, their videos were, they were good but they look like you and I did them. I mean, it mm-hmm. looked look like I did them. You know, it looked like I shot a video with my camera, spent 10 minutes editing it and loaded this video. Now their videos are just like fabulous. Mm-hmm. I mean, the sound is great. The editing is great. The, the shots are beautiful. Um, it's just really cool. So I'm on step 172 or 173 or something like that. Um, and I saw the other day, I think, I think their newest step is like 320 or 325, somewhere in there. And I'll, sometimes I'll, I'll watch four or five in a day. Sometimes I'll watch 12 in a day. <laughs> the, they vary in length from like nine or 10 minutes to 20 or 30. But it is the, it, it has to be the coolest channel I've ever discovered on YouTube because it really, you, you know how many times we've said here, on this couch, in this podcast, if only we had thought to start videoing what's, what's going on, you know, but they started from the, from the word go. Mm -hmm. And that, so they're, my assumption is, is that their entire subsistence is based on support from their YouTube channel. I'm I'm nearly certain of that. I've, I've never researched the folks. I did make a comment on one of their videos. So I'm commenting on step, 127 and they're on step 300 and something. And, you know, they reply to the comment in uh, just a few hours. Wow. Um, but, uh, anyway, it's to watch somebody create a YouTube channel and do, and 
video their life from th- this this section of their life, just literally from the very very beginning, has been the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. It's just I mean whether you know, and I'm sure there's a lot of other channels like that. You know, it may be that I'm just slow on the uptake of YouTube, but I mean, because it's from the beginning, it's just so cool. It's uh, it's been. Oh, it's been. Are, you have any channels on YouTube that you that you've watched like that that are like story of life kind of channels? There are. There's um. There's one channel, Goon Squad, and they're when they started, they were two teenage boys that buy a car, fix a car, sell a car, and so they start like I started watching last year maybe where they when I started watching they had built like a it was almost like a large carport in their backyard, so they had some shade. Uh, but they were just, they were so interesting, like such great energy. I went back to the beginning and they started in their driveway, no cover. <laughs> they got like an inflatable carport to paint the first car. And so then, you know, at some point they get, they get enough money together to put like basically this large, like two bay, two tall carport. And they're working on there. And then this year, just recently finished like a, I don't know, I would guess two to three, well, maybe like 2000 square foot shop. They just built, like, bought industrial property, you know, like, huge shop. Just, hmm. um, I think they have, like, eight cars in it, you know. And, and so how old are they now? How long has this been going on? Uh, I would guess it's going on for, like, three, four, five years. So, okay. I mean, they started as teenagers. They're early 20s now, and one of them just got married. And Wow. But, like, it, it's funny, like, to, like, see their first video when they're just working in the driveway, and they got nothing to wear now. You know, they're, they have sponsors. They have all this stuff. They have this huge shop, and you know, Lamborghini, Ferrari, like wow. everything. They started just working on a Jeep. Yeah. Huh. That, that's one of the few channels where I've cared enough to like really go back and be like, well, these guys are neat. I wonder how they started. Yeah. And they started nowhere and wow. worked their way up. What, you know, what strikes me is, um, you know, so they're just sailing the world. But I mean, if you, if you watch and you think about what you're watching and what it took to put that video up, this is their job. And the effort it takes to video this stuff in their life, it's like, because, it, you you know, they'll do the the drive-by shot or the, the boat-by shot or, you know, whatever, you know. And it's like, so they had to go there, set up the shot, set up mm-hmm. the camera, go back, go buy it, go back get the camera and it's like, and you start thinking about, you watch a video that just a a 12 or 13 minute video will have 30 of shots kind of like that, where they had to set up the shot and do it. And they, they've remodeled and modified their boat over and over again. And, you know, you can tell you're, you're watching footage of the first time they did something. So everything they do has to be at, at filming pace, moving cameras, setting up cameras and explaining what they're doing. And it's, it is really interesting to me what goes, you know, what must go in. I I would love to have a, you know, a third camera, Mm -hmm. you know, a fourth camera that's behind the scenes showing them create their videos. Yeah. Because it is, it is so, it's just compelling. I, I, um, it is not uncommon at all for me to go to bed with my AirPods in 
because I want to watch. It's like, I, my eyes are burning. I should stop watching these videos. Well, just one, the next one's only eight minutes. I'm going to watch that one. You know, it is the, uh, they have this little, um, outro they do with a little, it's a tune that somebody whistles. Mm-hmm. And, um, I didn't even realize I was whistling it in my office. And, <laughs> and so I'm watching it. And so I'm whistling it with the outro. And somebody said, what is that? You keep whistling. I thought, oh, they hear me whistle that five or six times. They know I've watched five or six episodes of this, <laughs> this, this uh, YouTube channel. I don't know. It's just been so much fun to discover that and watch it. And there's been sections. I was telling Eric, there's been sections of it. Like um, she's from Haiti and they spent a lot of time in Haiti and filming like, you know, mount, you go climbing up this mountain, you know, a, a mountain in Haiti is not a very big mountain, but all this stuff they've done. And that wasn't really all that interesting to me, but it was about her backstory. This is, mm-hmm. these were, this is her people. Um, and, um, he's from Canada and I don't know if they're fixing to go to Canada, but they're, I, I'm in a section of the video where they're getting ready to embark on their first Atlantic crossing, which is going to begin by headed North up to Greenland. Um, now they hadn't even got there yet. And so they may not ever get there. I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, just this is literally what happened today. And I wonder if they're going to skirt and, and make any stops in Canada. Cause that's where he's, he's Canadian. She's Haitian. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Just, I mean, and if you go back and it's been four or five years and these people are in their early twenties. And so you can go back now and step one, they, the, the, they look different sure, because of just, you know, maturing and changing. They just, they even look different than they did when I started. It just, it really it just amazes me what goes into making, you know, a YouTube channel. You know, I, I've had these ideas. I would love to have, the, I'd love to do such and such in a YouTube channel. And then you start thinking the logistics of making that happen. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like going back to NaNoWriMo. You know, there's people, that, there's people that say they want to write a book and there's people that write a book. And that was like, when I first did it, kind of my impetus to do it, I was like, well, you know, now I don't have to be, now I don't have to be one of these people that say I want to write a book. I've written a book. It may be terrible. But I've written it, and I just won't tell people that part. <laughs> it's funny. Like, this weekend, um, my son and his friend, they were on YouTube, and they pulled up a, a video I had done, and he was in it. And he was, had to be like five or six. <laughs> and, you know, I never, I don't claim my videos are good. They are for a very specific audience. Me. I just do them for me. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that, that, is, that has been the, I wouldn't say success, but that has been the reason for my consistency at this stage uh, in doing YouTube, is that, I finally found my audience and I know who I'm making it for. And he didn't always like it, but you know what? He can fix it. <laughs> uh, but it's a video of my son. He's five or six. I'm like, man, you know, I'm so glad that I at least have some videos here and there because, it, you know, I, I got it. When he was born, I got a camera like, oh yeah, you know, I'll video. Like, you know, that first year you video a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. That second year you video less. That third year, where is the camera? Uh, I don't know. And like now <laughs> we have phones that are ubiquitous, but you know, they're so ubiquitous that, you know, you don't like at this stage, like, you know, when they're, babies everything is new yeah when they get to be teenagers there's really not a lot you want to video anyway like yeah it might be nice to have that footage <laughs> but you know you're like hey look the camera and they're like hey shut up i'm busy i'm playing video games and you just don't do it so i do like that i've got that one little video where he's five or six and he's just like it's fine because this video it, it it's kind of like a time-lapse thing where there's music and it's sped up and like the whole time he's just he's just talking like right at me the whole time it's like we're working on this thing we're working on it and, yeah I'm like man I'm so glad I have that you know nobody cares about that video but me yeah that's okay because I'm the audience wow that's pretty cool and that's part of the reason I went back to doing it is that you know I was, for some reason I got into 
like last year or sometime when I started back in YouTube, I just I started watching a couple of videos. I was going, I was looking for one specific video. I was like, I think I did this thing. I like, let me see if I can find a video. And I found the video, and then I watched the next one, the next one. Like, oh wow, like there's all this stuff I've got, like all these memories, these videos, and you know, the house is different. You know, I'm different. Everything's different. And this is really the only, you know, uh, recording of it. You know, there's nothing there. And I was like. You know, I'm not making anything, so I'm not going to have these in the future because I've I've not done YouTube for years. It's like I need to get back to YouTube just so I have like like filling these gaps. Mm-hmm. But now my son doesn't want me in the videos because you know, <laughs> he's too he's too, he's too for cool that. for that. He is. Gosh, yeah. teenage years are tough. <laughs> is your son a teenager? Well, he's close. He's well. Okay. I mean, he's only 11, but okay. <laughs> I'm just praying like the teenagers don't get worse because this ain't fun. No. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing how quickly i've become so stupid yeah i mean just instantly like i don't know anything <laughs> no. despite, despite the fact you know, like, from 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 hero to goat just yeah every now and then like you know we have these moments you know where it's like it's like i'm not completely dumb i don't know I'm, and i do know what i'm talking about it's like oh this is nice i, I yeah. remember like when i was a kid like now nah, it's like so it's like i've done this dude you've never done this i've done this i know what i'm talking about no you don't yeah you know what? just just do it whatever <laughs> i don't care this has been another rousing episode of Fridays on the Fly. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm Ward. And I'm Rod. Go to our website, fridaysonthefly.com. From there, you can find everything. Episodes, iTunes links, Stitcher, whatever you need from Fridays on the Fly, you can find it there. So go there, check us out.